Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Early Birds podcast. And we are still in the beautiful small town here in the Youngstown area of Ohio, interviewing today one of our leaders here at the organization, leading the charges. Brad, how are you doing today, sir? Wonderful. How are you? I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, the Early Birds podcast, where this is all about your journey, all about the vision, how you got here, how you got into this space, and just want people to know who you are and how you put yourself in the mindset to lead the charges here from the mortgage side of it. So I'll jump right into it. Uh, you are 26 years old, right? Uh, obviously, I don't think you had the expectations of being in the mortgage industry. Is that fair to say? That is a really fair statement. <laughs> so how, how did it start for you? Yeah. Um, so I guess a little bit of background on myself um, all through high school and how I pretty much set myself up for college was wanting to be in the golf industry. Um, I played golf all growing up. I started when I was about 10 years old, um, played in a lot of junior tournaments, actually a lot of local junior tournaments here in the Youngstown area. There's a lot, still a lot of great golf courses. Um, and all through high school, that's how I you know, wanted to set myself up for the future was to be in the golf industry and eventually be able to run my own, my own golf shop. But ultimately, you know, golf in the Northeast Ohio, golf in general is just, it's a little different industry. And I realized that I love playing golf, but didn't really care to work into it. Um, and I was an accounting minor all through through uh, college and loved numbers, loved dealing with numbers. And um, actually, I reached out to a few folks, said, hey, I need, I'm looking for a different career change. And someone said, we ever thought about writing loans, doing mortgages? I'm like, never put myself in that position, never thought myself to be in a sales position. But um, after, you know, consulting with some friends, consulting with some family. I realized that it's the kind of the leap that I wanted to take. And here we are three and a half years later, absolutely loving what I do every day. So that I, I know a couple of things I'm going to kind of bring out for, for the viewers at home. But uh, one of the things I, I want to touch base on is first and foremost, um, I know not anymore, not as much, but you were a scratch golfer, I, right? I was, yeah. So for the, the, for the viewers at home that don't understand what that means, basically my man here is pretty good at what he does. Uh, and obviously you've built that competitive spirit and that's tied into uh, the mortgage industry. Uh, discipline is what I think about, especially when it comes to golfers yes. and the consistency and the persistence and doing the same thing literally over and over and over again. Definitely. How did that translate into where you're at today? And more importantly, how did you manage all of that while working through college? It was, it was tough. It was tough. Um, honestly, it was, I've always considered myself a fairly organized person. I was always, you know, all through high school, I kind of had a set schedule. I knew when golf practice was, even if it wasn't a mandated practice, I kind of had myself on a routine. And honestly, my routine is what got me through college and got me through everything that I that I was doing, um, especially maintaining a scratch level play. And I actually did play in a few local pro tournaments for um, a brief period um, when I was still uh, got out of college. But I think it's really just routine and sticking with that is what got me through all of it, really. You know, it's so fascinating too, because obviously you were playing golf at a high level and we've interviewed so many people and specifically, you know, a lot of like previous athletes that obviously that consistency and staying dialed in. So let me ask you this question, getting, getting into mortgage space yeah. from golf, there are two rounds I feel like people take if a, like a potential opportunity or dream doesn't pan out, right? Yeah. They either take the approach of like, okay, woe is me, now what do I do? Or they take the approach of let me grab the bull by the horns mm -hmm. and let me go figure something else out. What was it like for you getting into that mindset of, all right, it's not going to be golf, so I got to figure something else to do? And how do you keep yourself positive in that mindset? Yeah, honestly, um, 
just mentality and what I grew up in. Um, so quick insight a little bit to my personal life and my family. My father is actually, he's self-employed. He owns his own construction business here locally. I'm um, actually, he's worked with us on a lot of different projects. Um, and he actually didn't graduate high school. Like he actually took himself from, he realized school wasn't for him. And he said, I want to, I want to do my own thing and open my own business. And he's been running his own business for, I mean, I'm 26, so probably about 29, 30 years. And that mentality of growing up, it, he always said, you know, work for what you want and work for what you believe in. And that's just really his mentality and how he brought me up. So translating that into the mortgage space, when I do something, I do it 100%. That's the way I was raised. That's the way I was brought up. So I realized golf wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. I was doing it 100%, just wasn't for me. So once I was presented with this opportunity and once I took it, it's 110%. And I just have been ever since, you know, three and a half years later, I just do it 110%. It's the way I was raised. Man, it's it's the common trend here in this city that I'm learning about this blue collar grit community that just finds a way to figure it out. Uh, no excuse mentality. And uh, I want to just talk a little bit about the family, if that's okay. Uh, your, your husband, father, obviously. Um, at 26 years old, maintaining, managing all of that, but also you're, you're, you're there, you're present, you're relevant in the, in the life of the family, which can be so difficult sometimes, especially in our industry, when it's a, a literally 24 seven type of situation, how has that kind of changed and altered the way you have to maneuver each and every single day where you have to maintain that relationship there. You got to maintain work. You got to maintain the family. How have you turn that into something that you can manage? So honestly, for me, it was eye-opening to realize that really how valuable my time is. Just thinking and how valuable my time is to everybody in my family, my friends, my job, my career. I call it my career, not my job. Um, really, it's just, it's just really got to do it. Just maintain the schedule. And that's it. The big thing for me is routine, schedule, and then making sure that I put on my schedule um, just for, you know, example, just my wife's birthday is actually today, February 27th. Happy birthday, yeah. Uh, yeah, her. and on Friday, I literally wrote off my schedule that I wanted to spend time with her to celebrate her birthday. And I just, at 3.59, I cut off for my day and I, you know, put it towards towards my wife. But at the same time, and then, you know, honestly, my wife, she's my rock with everything. She's been my support through everything. We actually, when we moved to Florida, a little tangent here, when we moved to Florida, to pursue my career in golf. She picked up everything she had and she moved down there with me. So she understands that, you know, I got to work weekends. I got to work outside the hours. So her allowing me to have that flexible schedule when she knows that I'm going to commit my time to her is, is really what gets me through it all. It's the expectation piece, right? And the priorities. And, you know, I, I'll never, like, it's, it's so incredible. Uh, yesterday we're sitting there at the event and something you said that is so, people don't even think about it where you said, Hey, I told my wife, you know, cause you got the baby at home, just all you gotta do is call me or shoot me a text. And it's like, you've set that expectation, which has allowed you to navigate through certain situations because I, I, I don't know, right? But I'm sure it's not easy to, to raise a child, right? <laughs> Figure out this, manage that. She works as well on top of it uh, for both of you there. So to me, it's just so intriguing. And I, I always tell people this, you know, you talked about the priorities and that's one of the things I, I do struggle with personally it is hard for me sometimes to prioritize certain things, but it's so important to do so because I do care. And it's not that I don't care, but gosh, if you don't communicate that to your loved ones, 
it starts to feel that way, yeah. right? When someone's not reaching out to you. And so how do you navigate through that? It's like, you need to find a way to communicate. And as some people might say, oh, that's silly. Like, why are you playing? To me, that's not silly. To me, that's so important to where you just have to be so cognizant of it. Yeah. So you don't put yourself in that situation. And that's that discipline that I assume has just come from you building, you know, your life and who you're going to be just over the years. Yeah. Um, watching your dad facilitate what he's done for your entire life. What has that taught you about the entrepreneurship lifestyle and, and how that can really set yourself up to do something special? Well, actually, a lot of how I structure my life now with, with being a new dad and, and being a husband, um, all of which happened within, you know, 18 months or so, it's, it's how he handled running his business. You know, he, he was always... I'm not going to sleep in till eight, nine o'clock, even if it's a Sunday. He was always up at five, five thirty in the morning, um, and he always joked. He was always sitting in the parking lot at Home Depot at six a.m. waiting for them to open the doors. So how he ran is he was always there for all my golf tournaments. He was always there for anything related to school. He made sure that he scheduled time out of his day to make sure he prioritized his family. But he's running the business, so he knows that there's going to be. If he's got to wake up at four o'clock in the morning because he knows he's got to be at an event at four o'clock for one of my golf matches, he always made sure he scheduled that time. So honestly, the way he ran his business and how he ran his just livelihood when we were going up um, is how I really want to model and how I do model and really how I just structure and handle most of what everything is coming at me. You know, you have an incredible role model it sounds like but you also took the information and did something with it yeah there are so many times where you see people that have that opportunity but they don't pay attention and they go down a different path of like blaming right and the thing that you said that really stands out and somebody said this recently and it's just been stuck in my head you talked about his time and how valuable it was and he didn't have time to lose and on sundays he'd be up regardless be at home default right at six and somebody said this and they said look you know, if you want to go out for drinks, no problem. Go out, have a fun night for drinks. But just remember, you still have to worry about tomorrow. And if you continue to do that every day, you still have to worry about tomorrow consistently. And that starts to add up and you start to lose that time that you truly cannot get back. And life to me is so much about that perspective. And I think time is the biggest part of that perspective is, are you effectively managing and navigating your life, leveraging the time that you have? And so what would you say to somebody that's 26 years old, right? Not in the, the position that you're in necessarily. I don't want to use the word lost, but maybe they're still navigating to figure out what they want to do. Where would someone like that even start to figure out what kind of journey or path they want to be on? What kind of advice would you give that person? So I actually had a friend that um, he's a little bit younger than me who's still kind of figuring out what he wants to do in life. And, and honestly... A big thing is it's hard. A lot of people have struggled to do it is really just reflect and put down what you want on a piece of paper. So sit down, have some full reflection time. Think about where you've been, wherever you're at in life. If you're 26 years old, what do you enjoy doing? Write down what you enjoy doing and make sure that whatever your next step is includes what you enjoy doing. Um, so like for me, I enjoy golf. I love golf. Moving into this, I love dealing with numbers and I love helping people. So getting to help people reach the American dream of owning a home is really super rewarding, fulfilling. And there was a time 
when I sat down and maybe I didn't put it, you know, on paper at that time, but at least reflected before I reached what I've got into this opportunity. What do I enjoy? What do I like to do? And how do I move on? Like I was a being in the golf industry as an assistant pro and a pro, I was teaching. I was doing a lot of teaching the people of the game. So how can I translate what I enjoy doing there, teaching to what I'm doing here, teaching people financial literacy, how to buy a home, how to prepare for that. Um, I saw so many instances of just rewarding moments, but so bringing a full circle, I would say, make sure whatever your next step is, make sure you enjoy what you're going to do. Man, you know, you're spot on. I, I was listening to um, a psychologist and one of the things he was talking about is like how to find a potential purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to do, but it's in line with exactly what you said. He said, listen, spend a week basically overviewing yourself and be very cognizant of it. They, he said, pay very close attention for that entire week, journal, entry, everything. He said, there's going to be points in your day where you're loving what you're doing and you, you noticing your brain is so dialed in. Yeah. And he's like, pay attention to that and figure out a way to maneuver your day and what you want to do around what you're actually enjoying throughout that week. And it's fascinating because that's very in line with what you're saying, but to hear a psychologist say it and tie it back to you, it's like, it's exactly spot on with yeah. what science tells us on how to find that potential purpose. Now you're in the small town here, right? And, and everybody knows everybody, which I'm learning, which is so fascinating. Lots of your clients are part of the community, parts of a small town. And so you're spending even extra time, extra effort, to, to make everything work and smooth transactions because it is real estate at the end of the day. Yeah. And Murphy's law, right? Whatever can go wrong, will be wrong. Always. Will go wrong. That's our industry, unfortunately. But you take so much time doing your due diligence up front. What has that been like building as a, you know, that this, this business that you have here in the small town, working with people that you actually know and you see? Yeah. So again, kind of just being able to pull a lot from the golf industry and, and really I learned so much in that space um a lot of the, actually the clients i've been able to help were actually you know members of the courses that i worked at or friend or actually you know children and grandchildren of of those folks um so being able to to thrive on those connections and um actually just the other day i had um a one young lady call me and unfortunately her her mother had passed away um so they needed help with some estate planning she had a house it was all free and clear they're like well, what do we do we need to sell it I know your mortgages, but how can you help? So, you know, we had a good half hour conversation of, you know, this is what I think you should do. Reach out to this person and just being able to help. I, I, there's no loan in it for me. There's no commission, but being in the position I am and knowing the folks that I do and just that mentality of everyone knows everyone, everyone helps everyone. Honestly, I mean, if you were broke down in the middle of Youngstown, I guarantee you there's going to be 10 people over the, over the course of 10 minutes that are going to stop and say, hey, do you need help? It's just that mentality of being able to help everyone. And of course, there's scenarios where we can't help everybody, but I'm always going to do my absolute 110% best to be able to help anyone in our area or outside our area. You know, and, and the part that I, I love about that is the part that people don't understand is regardless of the age, you've taken on that responsibility and that role and you don't take it lightly. Uh, I've been doing this for 10 years, started at 21 myself, and that's something that you don't think about now I look back on it where it's like, wait a sec, you have these, these folks that are business professionals, some of them for 30, 40, 50 years, yeah. and they're sitting there talking to you and looking for advice. Like, Hey, what do I do? Where do I go? 
And it's so easy to take that for granted. And it's not something that you have taken for granted because you're constantly embracing, you know, what your job is and what you want, what kind of purpose do you have? Yeah. Where do you find that purpose? That's a really, really good question. Um, and this is honestly just, I mean, my purpose now, you know, with being a new father stuff is, is continually evolving, but at the root of it, my purpose is always to help people, to help people in any sort of fashion. Um, you know, I, people call me all the time. Actually, I had a client, they was a single mom. She needed help with moving. I, I own a, a truck and I said, well, you're moving into my hometown. I have a truck that's empty in the back. I want to go help you move some stuff. And no joke, this was just last summer. I helped um, this young lady move move some stuff from her house, which was about 40 minutes away. I did one load and, and move it down. It's just my purpose has always been to help people and do the best that I can. Really, it is. Man, that's so inspiring. You just got a huge smile on my face right now. Can you just you just don't see that, right? Where it's like, and it's a constant theme here where it's like the, the giving back, it just comes back full circle. And that one person now, her overview of you as a human being yeah. is absurd. Absurd, right? She's like, who is this guy? 40 feet, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's like, you're going to get that constant referral base, right? And more importantly than that, anytime she talks about you, it's going to be in the best light possible. And that's the thing I try to talk to people about all the time. It's like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? It's because God willing, you know, when I need to look back on my life one day, I'm going to have so many supporters of me that go, that's just a good person. Forget my work, forget everything else that I'm doing. I want people to look at me and go, that's a good human being. Yep. He doesn't do wrong by people. He tries to do the best. Yes, I have flaws. Yes, I make mistakes. Yep. But I try to fix him the best that I can. And you're really spending time trying to navigate, facilitate, and go go through all that. Yep. So let, let me ask you this question. Uh, when walking into the, the mortgage space, right? I just want to yep. talk about the mindset just, just a little bit and the nuances. Just for those, those at home that have no idea what the space is, as honest as you can be, Something you love, something you hate about our space. Oh, I know it's a tough one. First of all, my first month in this business, I was scared as hell. <laughs> and and I happened to come in at a time I had six months under my belt, and then the rates just bottomed out, and I went from smooth sailing, how to learn the business, to, yeah, here's 20 files on your desk, start working. I'm like, oh my gosh. But um. The one thing that I love, and unfortunately this is going to be a, a, a super, super common theme, is no problem. is being able to help people. Um, ultimately, buying a house is usually most people's biggest purchase in their lifetime. Um, and being able to help be part of that is is truly, every day, I, I mean, I could sit here for a whole two hours and tell just stories of different folks I've been able to help in this area. So that was definitely... The one thing that I love is being able to help people, you know, purchase a home, which is usually in a home, not a house, purchase a home and make lonely memories. Um, the one thing I hate, which has been a learning curve, especially with a newborn, um, learning the whole sleep schedules and stuff is, is the time balance in this industry. And probably most people will say it's really, really hard to manage your time and the work-life balance in this industry because unfortunately, and we hear everyone say, real estate never stops. Same with the mortgage industry, it never stops. So um, that's been the really hardest thing for me to do. Um, but my routine and my scheduling has helped me manage that. But that would be for sure the one thing I hate. Yeah, it's so, it's so funny you say it because it is the truth. It's the reality. That's so funny when I hear people say like, 
no, I have all the time in the world. And I'm like, how? I was like, what are you, how? Yeah. Like, what are you I'm so busy. Like, I, what are you talking about? You know, and definitely that stress too, and anxiety, you, you do so much with purchase business, obviously. For me, it's like, gosh, if that loan doesn't close, someone's potentially homeless. You know, it's that anxiety definitely weighs constantly. But doing the due diligence up front is such such an important piece. You know, when it comes to your financial journey and setting yourself up and your family up, especially at your age, when you talk to your friends that you grew up with, went to school with, how have you been able to be somewhat of a conduit to kind of teach them things that like I wasn't taught in high school? You know, you were definitely not taught uh, in college, high school about how mortgages work and interest rates and an arm and 15 years and what you should do. How have you taken that role on? So I've actually, in our family, we've not had a whole lot of um, just, and ending, especially our school, uh, I did not have a lot of financial literacy classes. And really like any person that comes to me with any sort of advice, I take them on as, as a mentor as best I can. I mean, obviously you can um, leave the horse to water, you can't make them drink sort of situation, but um, I love being able to, so going back to that person who's a little younger, I think he's 23, and we were just kind of talking, he's like, I'm just not sure what I want to do, and we did get in the discussion of finances, and he's just like, I, I have no idea, you know, I've opened some credit cards and made some mistakes, and you know, we got on that discussion and just giving him advice, it's just, for me, it just kind of seems natural where knowledge is power, but for me, knowledge is not power if I can share it with other people. Mm. So just being able to take what I, what I've learned and what I know and just share it to anybody that's willing to listen is what I you know. Where, do, where does that trust come from? Like to get people to trust you like that, right? Where does that start when someone is trusting you and you're building the relationship? How are you facilitating that trust and really showcasing to them that this is not a transaction, right? This is truly you being there for them every step in the way. Yeah. So I am an open book when it comes to life. Ask me any question. I'm going to answer it 110% honestly. Yeah. And, and I just, I'm just open, honest, and I like to get to know people. Um, it, ultimately it is not a transaction. You're not just a number always with me. You're never just a number. Um, you know, I like to learn about your family. Actually, I have uh, someone who will purchase a home who's going to, they're going to be getting into the investment space. They're actually pregnant with their fifth child. And that was the whole reason why they were purchasing the home. And, you know, I, I, we've been on Facebook, you know, I'm commenting on stuff. I mean, I truly, I with being a new dad myself, they're actually having a, a girl. So I just had a girl myself, just really being true and honest and getting showing care to other people you're just not a number you're part of the community so and that's you know how i was raised and how we are in this area it's the vulnerability piece you know i, I that's i think that's one of the hardest part because unfortunately so much in life you do get burned but i truly feel that most people don't have bad intentions Correct. and when you learn to share things with the right people it's insane what starts to happen in your life because one, you're sharing stuff with people that want to see you succeed. And then two, when you're starting to share your knowledge, you start to become a pillar of someone that they, yeah. they can trust. And that took me so many years to, to figure out and to understand. And people used to say, be careful who you share stuff with. And I can't help it. I'm just an open book to, to your point. Yeah. And I love showcasing and sharing everything that I have because somebody, somebody taught me once. They said, look, if you're able to share your wealth and knowledge, one of two things is going to happen. Either A, they're not going to be able to figure it out and, and do that what you can do. So now you're an anomaly, which is a great thing. And you become a pillar or B 
they do figure it out and then you have to work harder to, to just keep improving your craft and your stuff, whether it's knowledge, whether yeah. it's sharing more, whatever the case may be. And that's the part to me that's that's so interesting and fascinating. So we're getting close towards towards the end of this podcast. And one of the things that we we always like to focus on, and for you, it's not that long ago, which is really, really cool. And that's why I really want to know. So it's more, it's fresh in, fresh in the head. Yeah. 17, 18 year old you, all right? Golfing away, figuring things out, scratch golfer, trying to make it on that pro circuit, right? Learning the golf courses, traveling, playing all over the place. What are a couple pieces of advice you would give to 17, 18 year old you if you had the chance to look that person in the face right before they teed off and you were right there, maybe even the caddy sitting next. And as soon as that person looks up, they see you and you get to tell them two pieces of advice. What would you tell them? First, I've never been a very patient person, um, but being Sometimes I feel like in, in this business, I'm almost like the therapist for, for multiple different people. Um, I did not have patience. Still, sometimes people say I'm an impatient person because I want things, I want things now. Um, but I've definitely just taken a step back and put myself in other people's shoes and think, you know, how would they feel? How would they act? And that's really the biggest thing is, is have patience um, with yourself too. Back then I was, which again was, you know, nine, 10 years ago. I didn't have patience with myself. You know, I wanted things, then I wanted them the way they would be. I wanted them to be perfect, but you know, we're human beings. We're not perfect. So just be patient, do the best you can, um, and, and know where your heart's at. I guess that's kind of section number two there is, um, you know, know where your heart's at, make sure what you're going to do. Your next step is not just going to benefit you, but benefit other people as well. That is so spot on. And I appreciate you sharing that. And, and for the viewers at home, one of the things to focus on, to truly, truly focus on is in your heart of hearts, you might be doing something right now that you don't love, but you might have to do it just depending on the circumstances. But I will tell you this, you truly know in your heart where you want to spend your time. And if you don't take a step back, look in the mirror, look from a bird's eye overview. And to his point, start writing things down that you truly love to do. And God willing, what happens is you basically create it out of thin air and you turn it into something special and you manifest your journey. But if you don't write it down and you don't think it through, you're never going to have that opportunity. I appreciate you all to tuning in to another episode of the Early Birds podcast. Brad Miller, I appreciate you being on here, sir, sharing your story and being vulnerable. That is another episode. And thank you guys. Take care.